Welcome to Empowered for Life, a weekly audio podcast with Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, teaching the Bible with clarity and relevance, tackling today's topics and issues, bringing healing and restoration into the lives of hurting people. Hello, greetings and welcome. I'm your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, here with podcast episode number 12. Accessing Kingdom Teachings that Relate to Daily Living. We have been looking at the single most important subject Jesus spoke about because the authority of everything he did and everything else he said was built on this foundation, the foundation of the claims that he made about himself. So we've been looking at the claims that Jesus made about himself. We talked of how it's important to understand that if we took Texas and filled it with silver dollars and put one gold dollar in it, took a blind man, placed him in the state of Texas, asked him to reach in to 12 inches of silver dollars and pull out one, what the probability of his being able to do it on the first try would be. It would be impossible. And so even for anyone else to fulfill all of the prophecies that we spoke of concerning Jesus Christ, that any person could put themselves in the position of fulfilling each and every one of those prophecies would also be impossible. But the reason the prophecies could be spoken before Jesus came into existence, before he was manifest in the flesh, was because he was with God in the beginning, and God knew exactly what he would have to go through as he entered into the realm of time. And so God could speak these things to the prophets of old, who wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost and moved on by the Holy Spirit to write these things about Jesus. Jesus before his entry into the earth. And then when Jesus entered into the earth, he then began to fulfill every prophetic word that was spoken of concerning him. And then there are some things he even said about himself to allow the people to know exactly who he was and what his ability was. Let us begin by looking at John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 46 and 47. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Here Jesus says, no one has seen the Father, identifying First of all, that he is the son of God, identifying the fact that God is his source. God is his father. He says no one has seen him except for him because he came from him. And because he came from him, he knows the father. He knows the character of the Father. He knows the nature of the Father. He knows the will of the Father. And that is why he could say things like, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, for I and the Father are one. He says things like, the words I speak to you are not my own. I say what I hear my Father say. The things that I do are not my own. I do what I see my Father do. The Bible declares that Jesus is 
the exact representation of the Father. So if we wanted to see the face of God, all we have to do is look into the face of Jesus, the Son of God, because he is the exact representation of God. The Bible declares that he is the visible image of the invisible God, and the fullness of the Godhead abides in him as he walked the earth in a bodily form. He goes on in verse 47 to tell you, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. He's saying if you believe that he has come from the Father, if you accept this truth, if you accept him as your Lord and, and Savior, then you will receive eternal life. Look at verse 48. Here's another claim he makes about himself. He says, I am. Is this not the same thing that God told Moses in the wilderness? I am that I am. Tell the children of Israel that I am have sent you. Jesus here says that he is the I am. He says also, I am the bread of life. He states that he is the substance of that sustains life. He's the bread that provides what is needed to sustain and to give life. So he identifies himself here as the bread of life. Let's continue to read. Look at verse 49. He says, your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness or in the desert, yet they died. He says they ate manna, but the manna did not give them eternal life. They died. He goes on in verse 50 to say, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, referring to himself, saying, I'm the bread that come down from heaven, and anyone may eat and not die. He's saying that if you eat of him, if you receive him, the bread that came down from heaven, you will not die. Verse 51, he goes on to say, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. He says, I am the living bread, and anyone that eats this living bread, they too will live eternally. He says that if you eat the bread of him who he is, you will not die. John goes on to explain something about Jesus in John's gospel chapter one, verse number one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, by the word of God. The word, he goes on to say, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we see here that this bread of life, which is the word of God, which is what we must eat, we must receive the word of God, we must act on the word of God, we must live by the word of God, and that word, the very word of God, gives us life everlasting, gives us eternal life. Look at chapter 6 of John's Gospel, verse 
57. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Here we see Jesus states that he was sent by God the Father. And because he was sent by God the Father, that was his purpose for living. He lived because of the Father. And so because he lived because of the Father, then his will was to do the will of the Father. He says, my meat is to do the will of the Father. And so he did what the Father would have him to do in the earth. And he goes on to say, because he lived, he lived because of the Father, because he lived, those who feed on him, those who receive him, those who receive the word of God, those who live by the principles and the teachings of the word of God will have life and live also. Look at John's gospel chapter 7 verse 16. Jesus answers, my teaching is not my own. In other words, he didn't just say anything. He just didn't just say what he wanted to say. He says, what he says, what I teach is not my own. I come from him who sent me. It comes from him who sent me. He says, my teachings are not my own. What I teach comes from the one who sent me. What I teach comes from the father of lights. What I teach comes from God, my father. He's the one who sent me. He's the one who gave me the instructions as to what I am to teach. Let's look here at John's gospel, chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am. Here we find him identifying himself again with the I am. I am the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. This word light refers to truth. It refers to illumination. It refers to wisdom and knowledge as well. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. This darkness represents ignorance. This darkness also represents sin. He says, if you follow the light, you will not be in darkness. You will not live a life of sin. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, he says, but will have the light of life. He says, if you choose to follow him, if you choose to follow his teachings, if you choose to follow his principles, you will not be in sin, you will not be in darkness, you will not be in ignorance, but you will walk in the illumination of the light of the truth of God. And through that illumination, through that light, through that truth, you will receive life. You will have the Zoe, the God kind of life. Some of the things Jesus said and taught made the Jews so mad they wanted to kill him. And he, but he continued to, to teach. In chapter 8, verse 23, he says, You are from below, and I am from above. You are from below, and I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. He tells them that they are a part of this world, but he's not from this world. In other words, he's from another place. He's from above. He's from the kingdom of God. He's from the heavens, and he has come into the earth realm that we might be able to see, 
receive and believe. Verse 24, he says, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. He says, if you don't understand who I am, if you cannot cannot accept the fact that I am the Son of God, if you cannot accept the fact that I am the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb to be slain for the sin of the world, if you do not accept the fact that I am God's Messiah, the Anointed One, if you cannot accept the fact that I am Jesus, both Savior and Lord, if you cannot accept these, if you cannot believe, receive, and live according to this, you will die in your sins. He says, if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, notice he says, if you don't believe that he is who he claims to be, you will indeed die in your sin. So here he makes the claim that he is the one who gives life. He's the one who delivers us from sin. He's the one who cleanses us with his blood. He's the one who purges and purifies and makes us righteous. And therefore, we can make the claim that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Look at John 8 verse 35. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Here Jesus is saying a slave, and some people misinterpret this word slave, but this word slave here refers to someone who is more like an employee, someone who is uh, in a sense working off a debt. He says he has no permanent place in the family. In other words, he's not entitled to everything that the family has. He is not entitled to any inheritance of the wealth that belongs to that family. However, he says the son uh, is uh, entitled to everything that belongs to that family. The son is entitled to the inheritance. He goes on in uh, verse 36 to say, if the son sets you free, stating that if that person who was the slave, if that, that person who was trying to work off that debt, if the son who is an heir who is a permanent part of that family would release him of his debt, would set him free, that that person would be free indeed. And he's saying that to us as well. He's saying, if the son, if Jesus should set you free, you will be free indeed, free from sin. If he sets you free, you will be free from addiction. If he sets you free, you'll be free from alcoholism. If he sets you free, you'll be free from promiscuity promiscuous lifestyle. If he sets you free, you'll be free from the bondage of lust. If he sets you free, you'll be free from uh, depression. If he sets you free, you can be free from sickness. For he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So here Jesus says, in me is liberty, in me is freedom. And as you come and receive me, as you come and receive what I have taught, as you receive the instructions that I give, as you receive the word of God and live by the principles and the pra and practice the word of God, you will receive the life that comes, the zoe of God that comes with the word of life and the freedom you will receive will set you free 
from sin's judgment, from sin's bondage, and from sin's addictions, you shall know the truth, and the truth, who is Jesus, he will indeed set you free. Look at verse 37. He says, I know you're Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my words. He says, because they don't want to receive his words, they don't want to receive the truth, they're trying to kill him. That's the same thing people are trying to do today. They're trying to kill off his very existence. They're trying to cause you or make you believe that he never really existed. They're trying to make you believe that there was never really a person by the name of Jesus the Christ, that this is a principle, that this is a metaphor, that this is just a way uh, of life. It's just some words uh, that if you follow just these words, that everything is going to be all right. But then there are those who will even deny his existence from the fact that they would say that he was not the son of God for God never begot anyone and he can't be begotten and so he's not the son of God and therefore since he's not the son of God he's just a mere man and a, a good teacher and a good prophet and then they would say but he's not even the last prophet for there's a there was a prophet who they say came after him and they tried to make the prophet who they say came after him the greatest prophet but here we see Jesus states that I I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. So he's saying, I have been in the presence of God, and I'm telling you what I've seen while I was in his presence. And because I'm telling you what I've seen while I was in his presence, you don't want to believe what I say. You don't want to believe me. And so you feel like the best thing for you to do is to kill me, to get rid of me, and thinking that if you killed me, if you got rid of me, you'd get rid of my teachings, you'd get rid of these principles, you'd get rid of this way of life. But I have news for you because he says he was he has been in the presence of the Father and that you are doing what you have heard from the Father. He's doing what God told him to do. And we must receive, accept, and acknowledge who he is and what he has done if there's going to be genuine change in our lives. If we're going to be transformed, if we're going to be metamorphosized, we're going to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from grace to grace, we're going to have to make a decision to accept what he taught, what he said, and choose it as our way of life. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 51. He says, I tell you the truth, meaning that he speaks the truth of God's word. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. He's saying when you learn to live by the word of God, you're, you're receiving life eternally. Your eternal life does not begin the moment you die physically and enter into the presence of the Lord, but your life eternally begins the moment you receive Christ and begin to live by the principles of the word of God. Jesus says in John 8, 54, Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. The father who you claim as your God, he is the one that glorifies me. He says that God is going to glorify him. It's God who gave him the ability to do what he 
was doing. It's God who gave him the authority. It's God who gave him the honor. And because God gave it to him, he was glorified as a result of that. Look at what he says in 55. Though you do not know him, I know him. Jesus says, I know God. I'm one with him. I'm intimate with him. He says, if I said I don't know him or I didn't know him, I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his words. He says, if he tried to tell you that he did not know God and he wasn't keeping God's word, he would be lying to us. In other words, he's telling us the truth that he is indeed the Son of God, that he comes from the presence of God and that he knows God the Father intimately. John 8, 58, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. He's stating that he existed before Abraham was even born. In other words, even as John opened up his gospel by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, Jesus is saying, I was in the beginning with God before all things, everything else began or had its beginning. I was with God. I am God. I am the Son of God. I am the nature of God. I am the character of God. He says, I am the Son Son of the living God. Now, there are some claims that Jesus made about himself that pertain to the environment in which he was in, in order for them to understand who he was. In John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus says again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. So he identifies himself as the gate for the sheep. Now, if you were in that time period during the customs and the tradition of the, that time, there were different gates that were to the city, and there were certain gates that you would enter in for certain reasons, and there was a gate known as the Sheep's Gate, which was the gate they would enter into the city if they brought in sheep. And he says, he is the gate for the sheep. He says, all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. He said, anybody who came before him came to steal from the people and to rob them, to take what they have. But but the sheep do not listen to them. He says, I am the gate. Whoever, whoever enters through me will be saved. He will go in and out of fine pastures. He's saying that he's the gate. He's the entrance to the Father. He's the pathway to the Father. He's the way to the Father. And if you tried to go any other way to get to the Father, you're going through thieves and robbers. And, and, and thus, any other religion that tries to get you into the presence of God, those are thieves and robbers trying to get you there because he states that he is the gate, the only entrance point for the sheep to get into the presence of the Father, for the sheep to go in to fine pastures. And the fine pastures represented a place where they could graze, where they could eat, where they could uh, live uh, without the fear of uh, the shadow of death, without the wolves coming against them, without the lion and the bear, and they would have green pastures and still water, water to drink and grass to eat. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we recognize that this is the character and the nature of a thief. 
They come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We see that every day on the news, people being uh, robbed, people being killed and destroyed because someone who wants to take what belongs to someone else uh, and not actually work to obtain those things for themselves. He says, but I come that they may have life. This word life here is zoe in the Greek, which means the God kind of life. It's abundant life. he, He says also, and have life to the fullest. He says, I come that you would be able to live and be able to enjoy the life that you live. John chapter 10, verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. He says, he knows us. My sheep know me, he says, and we know him. In other words, once we enter into a relationship with him, we know him and he knows us, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. In other words, he's saying, I'm willing to put my life on the line to make sure that the sheep will continue to live, to make sure that the sheep will continue to go in and out of green pastures, to make sure that the sheep will be able to drink of the still waters. He says, I am a good shepherd because my heart is for the sheep, and because my heart is for the sheep, I will give my very life them. Look also at John's gospel chapter 10 verse 17. He says, the reason the father loves me is that I lay down my life. He says, God loves me because he knows that I am willing to pay the ransom for sin. He knows that I am willing to give my very life on the cross of Calvary, a cross that is a criminal's death, a cross, a death that is an embarrassment. Um, For the Bible says, cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree that I am willing to bear the curse of sin and bear the iniquity of sin. I am willing to bear the diseases of sickness and illnesses in my body on Calvary's cross so that the people will not have to bear these things. He says, the Father loves me because he knows that I will go through with giving my life as the lamb sacrificed for the sin of the world. He says, I lay down my life only to take it up again. Notice what he says, verse 18. He says, no one takes my life from me. He's saying, even though the Romans may have been the one who put him on the cross and the Jews may have been the one that presented him to the Romans. He says, no one takes his life. And he shows you that several times. If you read back during his life and time, you will see that there were times when they picked up stones to stone him and he would walk right through the crowd and and walk away from them, them never being able to kill him because they were unable to kill him until he was willing to lay his life down. He says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. He says, I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This command I receive from the Father. He said, God gave him the authority to give up his life and die and to pick his life back up again after he had experienced death. And so he died for you and me, but he did not stay dead. He rose 
from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He took away the sting of death and the victory of the grave. And he gave the keys to the kingdom of God, to the believers of Jesus Christ. He gave the keys and the authority to the church. And he says, I give you authority and power over all the power and the authority of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. I give you the power to bind on earth and to loose on earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I will loose in heaven. He says, I give this authority. I give this power. I give this ability to the church. He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This power would be to witness. It would be to cast out demons. It would be to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. It would be to live a glorious, triumphant life in Christ Jesus. It would be to live victorious. It would be to live a overcoming life. So he gives you the power. He gives you the grace. He gives you the authority. He gives you the ability to overcome sin and live victorious in Christ Jesus. These are some of the claims that Jesus made concerning himself. And if we will accept what he has said about who he is, we too will have the same victories that he had. For the word of God tells us that as he is, as Christ is, in the heavens, he's victorious, he's an overcomer, he's a conqueror, he's the son of God, he's the beloved of God, so are we in the earth. We are the beloved of God, we are overcomers, we are conquerors, we are more than conquerors, we are victorious because we are in Christ, we are, we are seated with him in heavenly places. We have been given the authority to conquer sin and to overcome its power over us because of Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Empower for Life. If you're ready to shake off religion and tradition to be, to do, and to have everything God purposed for you, then continue to tune in as we answer your questions and reveal to you the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. Feel free to email us your questions and prayer requests at TV at AOL that's Empowered for Life TV at AOL.com or visit us online at www.empoweredforlife.tv. Again, thank you for joining us and we look forward to sharing the Word of God with you again.